Chafhei, Av, Tafshin, Ayin Vav, coming to you live from the headquarters of Ariel Tours in New York. I'm Mayor Weingarten. Welcome to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Solomon Brothers open things up here on this new live edition of the Israel Show. Welcome one and all. That was Im Enanili Mili. Ben Sion Solomon, remember him from the uh, Diaspora Yeshiva Band? These are his kids. They have some great stuff out. I don't know. They don't have an album. I don't know. Maybe they do. I, I found this online. Hope you enjoyed it. My name is Mayor Weingarten. Thanks so much for being with us, tuning us in, making us a part of your week. We're here live, 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 live. Each and every Monday, immediately following JM in the AM. That's 9 AM Eastern, 4 PM Israel time. You can listen to us whenever you want. On demand, podcast on uh, NahumSiegel.com. Go to the archives, The Israel Show, and you'll get all the editions. And uh, on the Nachum Siegel Network app as well. We are streamed live right now, and uh, then you can go to the archives later on, whenever you want, whenever you like. Next week, two years from now, 80 years from now, (laughs) whenever works for you. We have a great show planned. We have new music, new music, new music, which we'll get to also, uh, from the great Yonatan Wazel and Evyatar Banai, um, and um, a new name. Hope we'll get to it all. The new name is Yakir Hillel, new to me. We have a beautiful remake of an Omi Shemer song by Rona Kainan, a, a singer who we introduced last week. Anyway, lots of stuff coming up. Hope you uh, stay with us. This is Idan um, Reichel with Lifnei Sheyigamer, meaning get things done before it's too late. That's a great message for the upcoming times, and all the music that we're going to introduce today has a kind of message of... Um, you know, we have to we have to introspect, we have to see where we're going, how much time we have left and what it is that we want to do. 
Eden Reichel, if My name is Mayor Weingart, and you're tuned to The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. לקום כל בוקר ולצאת אל החיים ולנסות הכל לפני שיגמר לחפש מאיפה בנו ולחזור בסוף תמיד להתחלה למצוא בכל דבר עוד יופי ולרקוד עד שנופלים מעייפות או עבר מכל הרגעים בזמן למצוא אחד לאחוז בו להגיד שהגענו תמיד לזכור לרגע לעצור ולהודות על מה שיש ומאיפה שבאנו לחבק אותה בלילה כשהיא נרדמת אז כל העולם נרגע לנשום אותם עוק לדעת שתמיד אני אהיה שם בשבילה לא לפחד להתאם שישבר הלב, לא לפחד בדרך לאבד. לקום כל בוקר ולצאת על החיים ולנסות הכל לפני שיגמר. לחפש מאיפה באנו ולחזור בסוף תמיד להתחלה. למצוא בכל דבר עוד יופי ולרקוד עד שנופלים מעייפות או אהבה. מכל הרגעים בזמן למצוא אחד לאחוז בו, להגיד שהגענו. תמיד לזכור לרגע לעצור ולהודות על מה שיש ומאיפה שבאנו. לחבק אותה בלילה כשהיא נרדמת אז כל העולם לנשום אותה עמוק לדעת שתמיד אני אהיה שם בשבילה Mayor Weingarten, you are too, my name is Mayor Weingarten, you are tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network, I always do that, I start saying Mayor Weingarten in for Nachum Siegel, but that's not now, that will be Wednesday, I'll be in for Nachum Siegel over at JMDAM, everyone is invited to join, as always, you're always invited to join, tomorrow Mayor Fertig will be there, tomorrow meaning Tuesday, if you're listening on Monday, and I will be there on Wednesday, Nachman's back on Thursday. Um, so, for years, I've wondered about why is it that we introduce Birkat Amazon, the, the grace that we say after the meals, with a, a psalm, a, a mizmor from Tehillim, that really has 
nothing to do with eating. On the assumption that Birkat Hamazon is us saying, thank you, God. Thank you for the food. Right? Then, shouldn't the introductory paragraph from the Tehillim be about that? It's talking about returning to Tzion. B'shuv Hashem et shivat Tzion ha'inu k'cholmin. And there are those that have a minhag. I, want, I don't know if this fire do this, but maybe they do. Somebody might um, message us and let us know. Um, and those that have a minhag, uh, non-Shabbat Chag and so forth, non-happy days, regular days, plain days, to say, al naharot bavel sham yashavnu gam bachinu. Again, it seems like totally like non sequitur. Like, what, what's going on? We're, we're thanking God for food, and before that, we're crying that we're in the galut. That doesn't, doesn't seem right. And why is it that uh, in the middle of Birkat Amazon, actually right after the first bracha, the second bracha starts off, where we're thanking God for giving us the land of Israel, for taking us out of Egypt. We say, There's like so much about Israel and Jerusalem that is connected with Birkat Hamazon that it just doesn't make sense. It doesn't seem right. Why does any of that have to do with eating and thanking God? In fact, we... This past week, and that's what brings me to the topic in Parshat Ekev that we read two days ago, we have the Pasuk, the verse from the Torah upon which this commandment is based. We are commanded to thank God, to say Birkat HaMazon, after we finish eating in this Pasuk, in uh, in Dvarim, Perekhet, Ve'achalta, Ve'savata, Uve'rachta, Et Hashem Elokecha, you should eat, you'll be satisfied, and you should then bless God. You should bless God. So it's eating and satisfying and so forth. And and the answer is complex. I'm going to just give a little bit of a taste, and anybody who wants to look into it further, you're more than welcome to in one of the sources um, that I looked into. There are many. There are many, many recent lectures given uh, on the subject and one that I was specifically looking into, and, and it was tangential in this article, was Rabbi Samet of the Gush uh, on Parshat Ekev. So, if you really just look at the Pasuk and finish it, you know, we usually quote that part, but if you read the Pasuk till the end, you eat, you're satiated, you're, you're full, you, you bless God, you thank God, what are you thanking God for? Al you would think it would say, Al ha'ochel ha'tov. You thank God, you bless God for the good food. No, no, it says, Al ha'aretz ha'tova asher natan lach. Wow. That's almost a revolutionary idea, but it's right there. This is the basis of it all. Birkat Hamazon is thanking God for the good earth, for the good land that he gave us. Let that sink in a little bit. And if we understand how that works, well, it works because we eat from what we get out of the land. We farm the land and we take out of it what we eat. In fact, the whole first part of this piece starts with, Ki Hashem Elokecha Meviyachal Eretz Tovah, God. Is bringing you to a good land, and then it goes to tell you that this land has water flowing through it, and aquifers, and wells. You need water for any agriculture, and then then the shiva minim eretz chita u'seora v'gefen u'teina v'rimon, wheat and barley, and and uh, and grapes and uh, um, uh, figs and um, pomegranates. Eretz Zeit Shemen Udvash Olives and the the um, honey of the dates. These are the seven species that the land of Israel has been blessed with. These are the things that 
God gives us via the land. We have an interaction with the land of Israel. We have a dialogue, so to speak, with the land of Israel. And through that with God, we plant, we work, and it grows. And then we process it. There'll be bread as much as you want. Or I shouldn't say that. There'll be bread without any paucity of it. And everything that you need is there. Everything that you need is there. Of course, it all depends on how you define what you need. That's a key. Even natural resources like iron and copper, those two you can find in the land of Israel. And so, you are thanking God for all that stuff that we just spoke about. Because that is the basis of our sustenance. And that's why we say it after we eat. But we're not necessarily specifically thanking God for food. We're thanking God for the land, for giving us land, for giving us a place to live, a place where we can be sovereign, a place where we can be independent, and via that, grow the bounty, the produce, and have it, and bring it home. And then it makes a lot of sense that the second bracha is and that we preface this whole thing with we're in Galut now and we're dreaming of returning to Yerushalayim throughout the ages and so we say before Birkat HaMazon we want to go back to the land of Israel so that this bracha has a lot more relevance and on sad days, or on weekdays, we say Al Naharot Bavel, because that exactly expresses the opposite idea. The sad part of it, the flip side of the coin, we are in Galut. We are in Bavel. We're sad. And we yearn to go back to the land of Israel. So Berkat HaMazon is not specifically about food. It's about being a nation on its own land, on its own soil. I'll, I'll, I, I'm going to I have such a Yetzirah <laughs> to, to share with you more of this great um, lecture, Dvar Torah, a shiur of Rav Samet. Uh, I don't know if it appears in English. It appears in Hebrew. I'll post the link to it on the Facebook page, uh, facebook.com slash the Israel show. Um, and an answer to Rabbi Yitz, who in the comments asks if the first song that I played is on YouTube. Yes, it is, and I'll post the link to it as I post the link to uh, all the other songs that I play during the show on uh, on our Facebook page as well a little bit later in a few hours. I will point out one thing. There is a concept in Tanakh called a milamancha, a word that appears in a certain section of the text that repeats itself more than necessary and is a way for the Torah to focus us, to get us focused on a specific theme. It's the Torah saying, read between the lines here. I'm showing you that I I can't say it outright, but I'm going to do it via this technique of repeating a word over and over again. And specifically, they're repeated three, five, or seven times. Seven is the completeness. We know that. Seven days in the week and seven uh, weeks before Shavuot, Sefirat HaOmer, and we know about the seven years of Shemitah and the seven Shemitot of Yovel, and so on and so forth. The word Eretz appears over and over again in this little piece. Eretz Tova, Eretz Nachle Maim, Eretz Chitav Sarah, Eretz Eichem Adudash, Eretz Shalom Yuskanut, Eretz Shavu. How many times? Seven times. That's pretty amazing. Seven times that the word Eretz appears, and it highlights our connection to the Eretz, highlights our connection to the land of Israel. We're going to go to uh, Yishai Rebo and Shlomo Artsy have a duet. It's called Veha Emet, Yishai Rebo. We introduced you to him long ago, probably like, what, two and a half years ago? Something like that? He is, he is such a superstar in Israel. 
we're happy that we were able to get on to him early and introduce him to you. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You are tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Mayor Weingarten on the uh, Israel Show. We're brought to you on the Nachum Siegel Network. Thank you so much for joining us, making us a part of your day. We have brand new music, brand, brand new music. came out yesterday. It was released yesterday, and we are right here bringing it to you. What more could you ask for? I mean, really, seriously. Um, this is from, it's not just, just any brand new music. <laughs> this is from Yonatan Razel. And I'll say the great Yonatan Rozelle. It's called, it's a fascinating song. Fascinating. It's called Neve Tilaot. A Neve is like an oasis. We have an Anim's Miot, which many of us say on Shabbat. Neve Hatzedek Tzvi Tifarto, right? Tilaot are hardships, suffering. Tilaa is a hardship 
Moshe, when Moshe, when Yisrael comes to uh, Moshe before Matan Torah, by Seper Moshe Lechot, no, Moshe tells him all that God did and so forth. Et kol hatilaah asher mitzatam b'derech vayatzileim Hashem. All the hardships that that they went through and how God rescued them. So, would it not seem like this is some contradiction in terms? An oasis of suffering. An oasis is a place where you go for refuge, for for good feeling, for water in the desert, so to speak. Jonathan Rozelle writes on uh, on his Facebook page, I remember the moment at which this song was born. In the living room of our house in Jerusalem, after a heart-to-heart conversation that I had, I was told to see the world differently than I had seen it before. To see it as a nevet laot, as an oasis, but not just an oasis, but one that is a haven because of the very hardships nestled within it. Life's torturous journey of ups and downs, with exaltation being the end result. Not to expect constant serenity. Life is not just about having a good time. Life's not just about everything being smooth. And then, after you expect this constant serenity and equanimity, you fall flat on your face and you're totally disappointed and then you can't deal with it. But rather to understand, says Yonatan Razel, all of the trials and tribulations of life are aimed, are there, to bring us ultimately to a sweeter and better place. And then he writes, when playing this song to myself, I thought about humanity and its plight, and I screamed out, Hashkifa mima'on kochecha min hashamayim. Hashkifa mima'on kochecha min hashamayim. Look down from your holy dwelling and bless. Uvarech, uvarech, uvarech. Um, so the song, the words of this new song, are a combination of words from the Sefer HaYashar written by Rabbeinu Tam, and the Pasuk Hashkifa, Hashkifa, which is in Sefer Dvarim Perak Chafav, brand new, just released, debuting it here on The Israel Show, Nevetla Ot, Yonatan Rezel. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You are tuned to The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Nevetla Ot, Aliyot Umoradot, Mirsholim Nefilot Oh, 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 oh,
You are hearing it here first, brand new, just released yesterday, Yonatan Razel. Navet, is it Navet or Nivet? No, I think it's Nivet Laot. Um, as we debuted here on the Israel Show, my name is Mayor Weingarten, you're tuned to the Nachum Siegel Network. Yesterday, was it yesterday? Yeah, yesterday, Benjamin Ben Eliezer, also known in Israel as Fuad, passed away at the age of 80. Now, um, in Israel, everybody knows him. I think uh, in America, he's less less known. Benjamin Ben Eliezer made Aliyah as a child alone, left his family as a young boy, and uh, I think he was in either Iran or Iraq, I can't remember, um, came to Israel... Um, made his way up in the ranks of the army, ended up as a Tat Aluf, one under, um, one under general, but already uh, maybe like maybe like a, a one-star general in the States. Um, had a distinguished army career. Then he went into politics. He was Minister of Defense for a while. He was, um, I believe, Minister of Housing for a while. And um, at some point uh, a few years ago, and we spoke about this on the Israel Show, actually, we discussed this when the elections for president of Israel were taking place, and uh, the elections that brought Ruvain Rivlin, Ruby Rivlin, to the uh, to the helm to the presidency, I should say. Um, the Labor Party uh, selected Benjamin Ben Eliezer Fuad as uh, Fuad is his nickname as um, their candidate for the presidency, and you know how it is when. When there's a spotlight on you, people look very, 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 very carefully, and um, suddenly, suddenly, the public became aware of the fact that Benjamin Menelizer was a very corrupt politician, very, very corrupt politician. And um, there was much talk about his being indicted and prison and so forth, but he was also very sick already over the last year or two, and um, now that that issue was resolved as he passed away. Now, I think uh, many of you are familiar with this uh, adage that we have in Jewish life, that unless a person is extremely evil, like through and through, right after they die, you don't disparage them. You wait a little if you want to, you have a reason to criticize some of the things that happened during their lives. You don't do it before the body's even buried. You talk nicely about a person, you eulogize them, you highlight the positives. If you want to criticize, you want to point something out in order to learn from it for the future, you can do that later. You don't got to stomp on the memory of the person. So the the adage the, um, that that is well known in the Jewish community is uh, the name of uh, three parshiot that come consecutively in Sefer Vayikra, Acharemot, Kedoshim, Emor. So you could read that as Acharemot, after somebody dies, Kedoshim, Emor, say that he was holy. Meaning don't criticize, Don't doesn't mean say he was holy, but don't criticize him, you know, look at the positive aspects of him. Okay, and that's what one would expect when... Benjamin Ben Eliezer, who had many positive aspects to his life, passes away. Well, yesterday, and this is classic, and I'm going to post the link to the video of this news clip from Arutz Harishon, the, you know, the, uh, the Channel One, the government um, 
or the public, I should say, the public broadcasting, Israel Broadcasting Association, um, to, to see the anchor who's interviewing Yossi Balin, expecting Yossi Balin, who was a party mate of his, they were in the same party for a while, he knew him, he worked with him, expecting Yossi Balin to say nice things about the man. He just died, he wasn't even buried yet. And Yossi Balin just wipes the floor with the memory of Fuad Ben Eliezer. And the anchor is just stunned. He's stunned. You can hear it in his voice how stunned he is. What it shows us, and I'm, I'm going to play some clips from it now, it tells you a lot. Well, it tells you more about Yossi Balin than, any, than, than, than it does about anything else. Yossi Balin is the architect of the Oslo Accords, one of the architects of the Oslo Accords. Far left-wing, very brash, very arrogant. He's a very typical example of the arrogance of Israel's ra- radical left-wing, which we've spoken about. And, and we've brought examples of in the past. So here are the first clip, um, Yaakov Elon um, asks him, who was, who was, you, you knew him, who was Fuad to you? And Yossi Balin says, you know, well, it's sad that a person's dead, but I don't believe in this whole Acharei Mot Kedoshim thing. And then he goes on, he says, Ben Eliezer was a, aggressive politician, a predatory, corrupt politician. You got to hear this. Listen to this. We'll, we'll give you a, a few clips of it. First the question and then Yossi Balin. אנחנו אומרים שלום ליוסי בלין, שנים רבות חבר כנסת ושר כמובן מטעם מפלגת העבודה, מה היה פואד בשבילך? הייתי לידו שנים ארוכות, הקראתי אותו ב-84. קודם כל זה כמובן ערב עצוב שנפטר אדם. אבל אני לא מוכן להצטרף לאחרי מות קדושים. לא, לא לכן באתי לאולפן. בעיניי הוא היה הפוליטיקאי הכוחני, הדורסני. הוא היה פוליטיקאי שלא היה צריך להיות מועמד של מפלגה כמו מפלגת העבודה לנשיאות, ודאי לא לתיק הביטחון. ומה שאני אומר לעצמי זה שאני מקווה שהשנים האחרות, השנים של העלייה שלו, השנים שלו בצבא, היו באמת שנים ראויות, ראויות הרבה יותר מן השנים שלו בפוליטיקה הישראלית. That's amazing. The only good thing he can say is, well, I hope the years before he was in politics were better. I hope, not that I know. He wasn't, he, he wasn't the right material to be even the Minister of Defense. He wasn't Raoui. He wasn't worthy of being the candidate for president. And while the second one for sure is true, because at that point we knew he was corrupt, is this what you say before the body's even cold? Now, Yaakov Elion is, is, is shocked and he's surprised. And what interests me here is that he says... This is what you said. This isn't what we thought you were going to say. That's amazing. That's so expressive of the media, of their ego. We brought you here to say what we think you should be saying. We don't want you to say just what you think. You're not here as you. You're here as our puppet. It's, it's just fascinating. So within that, this whole uh, uh, story, this is a fascinating moment as well. So here is, um, uh, here is Yaakov, uh, Yaakov Elon, is that right? I think so, uh, expressing his dismay. Okay, I'm going to say that the things that you are very interested in, even in the book, you are very interested in us, we don't know that this is the road that you are talking about in the evening. Fuad Ben-Eliezer, in all of this, was one of the most important politicians of your party. His father is still alive in the party. We didn't, we didn't know that this was the approach, meaning, so to speak, we would have asked someone else to come. And he says, but he was a very good politician. He was he a was very effective politician. To which Yossi Balin answers. He was a politician in every way, from the way that people say, I don't want to be a politician because of them. 
he was he was a total politician, like we say in Hebrew. But he's the type of politician that that brings people to say, I don't want to be in politics. Then he goes on to say he was spineless, he had no backbone. He had no ideology. So he could be in any part of the political map in Israel. And uh, this is edited, pieces that are edited, you can listen to the whole thing. And it doesn't change, what I've edited doesn't change the, the nature of the, of the interview. And then at the end, I love the last 10 seconds, he says, Yossi Balin says about Benjamin Ben Eliezer, Minister of Defense, General in the Israeli Army, uh, government member, cabinet member. He says he he thought that he could do whatever he wants and get away with it, just like Ehud Olmert. <laughs> Don't you love that? Sort of like the Clintons. Here is it. Here's the uh, the last piece of this. <laughs> He was just like Ehud Olmert. He thought he could just do whatever he wants and no one's ever going to do anything to him. At which point, I mean, maybe two minutes into this interview, the anchor says, okay, I think we'll stop here. <laughs> you wonder why, right? I think we'll stop here. Thank you very much for coming. Okay. Ah, yo, yo. Okay, a brand new uh, cover to an old Nomi Shemer song. This is beautiful. Last week we introduced you to the singer Rona Kanan, the daughter of Amos Kanan, who was quite a leftist. Years ago, there was a TV a special, two-part special on Israeli television, that was hosted by um, Moti. Kirschenbaum, Allah Shalom, which took Nomi Shemer, who was a right-wing national nationalist, patriot, and so forth, and Amos Kenan, a leftist, and they went through Israel and sort of shared their feelings. And for that show, Naomi Shemer wrote the song El Borot Hamayim, to the wells, to the spring, the water springs. Beautiful song. Um, now, Rona Kenan, the daughter of Amos Kainan, we records it, and wow, it is just beautiful. I hope you enjoy it. This is uh, also a brand new cover of Naomi Shemer's El Borot Hamayim. My name is Mayor Weingart, and you're tuned to The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Shikora Velo 
Stunning. She's got an amazing voice. Rona Kanan with Nomi Shemer's classic El Barod Hamayim. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You are tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Thank you so much for doing so. Thank you for the likes and uh, the participation on our Facebook page. It is, as always, greatly appreciates and help us helps us a lot. Two new likes this week. We uh, welcome, let's see, we welcome the last uh, few weeks of likes. Alexander, John, Lynn, Alyssa, Mike, Michal, Shifi, Yisrael, and, and all the others, we thank you so much for liking the page. And we appreciate when you do that and you tell others to do that and uh, to like the specific posts. The more likes a post gets, the better it is for us in the scheme of things over at Facebook. Facebook.com slash The Israel Show, and we thank you very much for that. Um, we are going to... Um, the last piece, let's say, the last piece we're going to do today is both um, uh, uh, an item and an uh, ad, if you will, for Nefesh Benefesh. So, um, Yedid Yameir is a journalist, an Israeli journalist, writes in Besheva and other places. He is um, married to Sivan Rahav Meir, who is also a journalist very popular television journalist. They are both um, observant. She appears on Channel 2 News in Israel, which is the most popular um, news broadcast in the country. She appears often, and whenever she does, she has her head covered, and she's dressed um, like uh, within the rules of Tzniyot. It's, pr- it's pretty amazing, I must say. And together, he and his wife host a very, very popular radio show every Friday on Galitzal. Well, Nefesh Benefesh asked them to join, as they do many broadcasters and journalists and so forth, to join the charter flight of Olim from the U.S. to Israel that, uh, um, that left the U.S., uh, uh, I think it was the day or two days after uh, Tisha B'Av. And Yedidia Meir writes... I, I found a very interesting article in which he talks about his experience as an Israeli commemorating Tisha B'Av in New York. How strange it is from it. It's a whole different perspective that he has than what we have as people who have, many of us, I should say, have grown up in, uh, in, in Chutzot, even if we live in Israel now, but it's not foreign to us. Um, so he's forced to spend Tisha B'Av in New York for the first time. He writes, Tisha B'Av lo Yerushalayim? How, how can I spend Tisha B'Av not in Yerushalayim? What's next, he says, to daven shachrit on Shavuot not near the Kotel? Or to have the Pesach Seder in some brand new kosher lemahadrin hotel in Angola? How, how, I can't even wrap my head around Tisha B'Av in Manhattan. That's how he starts. 
And he talks about uh, he was uh, Shabbat, he davened in the Lincoln Square Synagogue. He talks about how the rabbi announces the times and usual stuff. And then he says he's surprised because the rabbi continues to, to enumerate the list of lectures and movies and, and a whole pro, a jam packed Tisha B'Av program that's going to take place in the shul, 6.30, Shachar, 8.30. Keynote that people explain, people from the, from the um, congregation explain the keynote that they say before they say the keynote, which seems to be also something that he's not familiar with in Israel. At 11.30 there's a shear, and at 12.30 there's another shear. And after Chatzos, they're going to show movies, Holocaust-related movies, I think, those of us who have been Tisha B'Av and Chutz Laretz for a number of years are so familiar with this type of, of thing. And after the Holocaust movies, there's going to be a conversation with the Holocaust survivors. And it, this is amazing to him. And he says, you know, at times it's very easy for us in Israel to like look down or deride U.S. Jews and to cynically say, oh, Al-Naharot HaHudson, Sham Yeshavnu, Gambachinu, yeah, we're sitting on the Hudson, things are great, we're having a good time, but yeah, we pay lip service to Israel. But he says that there's also at times what we in Israel can learn from them in America. And he points out something very interesting. He says, in Israel, we are surrounded by Tisha B'Av. The television programs are focused on that theme. The street is... The cafes are closed. Theaters are closed. Any entertainment form is closed on Tisha B'Av night. You go to the Kotel in Yerushalayim, but even around the country, it's Tisha B'Av. You know that in the, in the Farhesia, in the, in the dominant culture of the country in Israel. But no, it's not like that in America. And so it, it makes sense and probably becomes necessary for the Jews in the United States to create around themselves an atmosphere that they're not going to find when they walk out. And when they walk out in the street, it's going to be a regular, normal day. That's a very interesting point. And he, he points out that, you know, we have to think about that also in Israel. It's not, not necessarily such, uh, such a bad idea. Then he points out something also that he, that so, sort of doesn't, I don't think it shocks us, but when he looks at it, it's very shocking to him. The youth, he says the rabbi, the rabbi Lincoln Square, Rabbi Robinson's 40 years old, talks about assistant rabbis and shuls, other shuls that he visited in Manhattan, who are in their mid-20s, late-20s, and they get up and they speak with great confidence and charisma, explaining the tefillot, explaining the keynote, and he, he just, he's surprised. He says, it's not so in Israel. You don't get that kind of rabbi that is so effective, so charismatic, has this leadership ability. He says, you know, in Israel, everybody starts off by saying, well, you know, I didn't think they would ask me to speak. Katonti, lohichanti. And I'm going to add that I think one of the reasons is that in Israel, there is no one, no one, to the best of my knowledge, at least, educating and preparing young people who want to be community rabbis, pulpit rabbis. There is no concept, really, in Israel of a shul rabbi. I remember my father, Allah Shalom, 20 and 30 years ago saying, if Israel would have the concept of a shul rabbi, like we have in America, religion would, in Israel would be so much better off. The rabbis in Israel are political appointments very often, they very often didn't go to high school, let alone college. They surely didn't go to college. Here in America, we know that in Yeshiva University, which is one of the main uh, producers of rabbis, you have to, in most cases, get a master's. Forget about a bachelor's, a master's degree. And there's training specific to people who want to become rabbis. How to deal with bereavement, how to speak, how to give a sermon. That's missing in Israel. That is missing in Israel. He, of course, talks about the multitude of kosher restaurants, the apps like Minion Near Me and Kosher Near Me and all these things that make life in New York rather appealing. And then he concludes by saying, 
But life isn't all about fancy shawls and nearby kosher restaurants. Otherwise, they, meaning those on the charter flight, they would stay here. But life is more than that. And the more than that is what makes it worthwhile, what propels people to move to Israel. And he says it was amazing to him. It was exciting to him. It was invigorating and inspiring for him to see 233 American Jews that got on a plane, an El Al aircraft that took them to their real home. He says to use the word miragesh, emotional, would be an understatement. Very interesting, toward the end of the flight, he says that people, as they were getting to, uh, to Israel, they started singing, Talking to Yerushalayim, your children are returning home. So it's a little bit of a different perspective of a Tisha B'Av in New York for someone who probably was never outside of Israel on Tisha B'Av and sees it now from a totally, totally different perspective. We're going to close out the show with Yom Shaloyach Zor, Rami Kleinstein's song about make the best of the day because this day is not coming back. Before we do so, we thank you so much for listening. Thanks for all your Facebook likes and comments. Thanks to the staff of the Nachum Siegel Network. And as always, my very special thanks to Nachum Siegel. Coming up on the Nachum Siegel Network, encore presentations of Eternal Flame with Rabbi Y.Y. Jacobson, followed by headlines with David Lichtenstein, and then the great Monday Music Marathon. I will be filling in for Nachum on Wednesday over at JM in the AM. Please join us. Mayor Fertig will be there tomorrow. Join him as well. It'll be um, a little bit of different programming than what you usually have, and sometimes uh, people enjoy that variety, although none of us could ever fill the shoes the huge shoes, besides the huge shoes, the huge shoes of Nachum Siegel. Until next, until then, and until next Monday, immediately following Jamie the Aim, this is Mayor Weingarten reminding you the nice guys do not finish last. They're just running in a different race.